What's up, everyone? This is Brian Porter. Welcome to the Tonecast. We are now at episode 93. We made this commitment to get to 100 by the end of 2021, so we are going to we're going to get there. Yeah. Even if we just have episodes that are about plastic guitar knobs or or something. Yeah. Simple. They might get a little a uh, little dry, but we're going to get to 100. Well, we want to give the people good content, though. We want to <laughs> we want to talk about really good stuff. I think our last couple episodes have have I don't want to say they've been sad, but there's been elements of them that have been kind of kind of depressing and kind of a bummer. Mm-hmm. Talking about guitars that got away, talking about um, guitars that are too expensive for us to buy. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to be in this negative world anymore. Yeah. So let's talk about companies <laughs> that we really respect. Let's talk about companies that we really like, the way they operate, the way that they they function, the quality of their products. Um, this is kind of a a mutual respect in the industry episode. So we're going to shout out some companies that we like, each of us, and talk about why we like them, talk about um, just the, the qualities and the highlights of each company. Yeah, and, and it's going to be kind of off the top of our heads, but I think that that's important to to realize like who, who stands out in our minds. And this is, this is a recommendation from us, uh, each of us, a personal recommendation. Yeah. So w- whether you take that seriously or not, mm-hmm. that's okay. Uh, but before we jump into that, Marco, you know what time it is. Yeah, it's pickup chooser time. So uh, those of you that uh, follow us, you know about our pickup chooser, and it's just the forum that uh, we like to use to reach out to people and kind of, you know, give people an option to discuss with us what they think might be the case that they're missing in their guitar, and you know, we'll uh, take a look at your amp and your pedals and kind of your influences, and then we'll just give you a recommendation, either me or Brian, and. We'll just kind of, you know, go back and forth and see what you like. I've had really good conversations with people, and you know, I know Brian always uh, is kind of filtering through a lot of them, and he'll he'll <laughs> give me the ones that that aren't just gonna spin me around in circles. Yeah, and stuff, I try but. to I try not to just drop the. You know, we love we love getting the forms, but there's there's definitely a handful of forms that we can't help the yeah. customer. They want you know, I want like a an, a nine string this for a jazz guitar that. Is is active and single you know, coil. It has an overdrive built and into it, and 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 there's there's times where we get those, and I don't I don't want to make light of people's requests, but there's just plenty of those that we idea. cannot we cannot help people with, and we we try to just be clear with that right up front. So yeah, I try not to give you the mm-hmm. the red flags, shall we say, <laughs> on those. But it, you know, it's cool, and I mean, it's just only because there's just not enough hours in the day. You know, we st- we still have to be here building it, and but we do try and really do everything we can with what we can do to make your sound something that you're going to be stoked on, and and it's going to inspire you hopefully to just make make more cool riffs out of your guitar, so make you a better player because it sounds better, and you end up dumping two more hours of practice in every day or something. Yeah, exactly. So. Well, we're going to jump into this topic of kind of the companies that get it right, the companies that we respect, Um, and we're not trying to imply that if we don't mention a certain company that we we hate them or something like that. It's really just these are the ones that come to the top of our head, and we'll we'll go back and forth with maybe like two or three companies and just talk about about what we like about them. So I'll have you start us off, Marco. Who's who's the one that's coming up to your mind right now? Yeah. Well, and also, first off, no no one is. We're not getting paid for this. No one's sending us gear. <laughs> but if, if you want to send us gear, is, yeah, please do. To- totally, if somebody out there is listening. Um, but one of the ones that stands out to me is uh, Novo Guitars. It's the guitars that 
that are built by Dennis Fano now and his team of lovely cohorts. And I think they're in Nashville. But I just think for one, the stuff that they, and I've never played one. I don't think I've ever, no, I think at that, one of the music stores we went to when we were in California for the NAMM show, I held some. And so I got to finally like feel what all the buzz is about because I definitely think they've got, you know, some buzz, but it's because their products are, they're super unique. They, they definitely look like they put a lot of thought and time into it. And, you know, I don't really know a lot of Dennis Fano's background, but you know, I definitely think he knows a thing or two about putting together some choice instruments and like a lot of the finishes are really unique. And, but one of the things that's super impressive to me is, you know, they'll find like a special batch of some wood, like some really nice stuff. They'll make like a 10 guitar run and they'll be like, all right, these are going to go on sale at this time. And, you know, they'll, they'll sell out all of them and they're not, you know, cheap by any means. You know, they definitely, people assign a lot of value to them. And I think that that's, it's just, it's interesting. You're like, wow, that they just, they're doing, it looks like they're doing everything right, you know, and, and even on their like Instagrams or whatever, when they're like, here's what's going on in the shop this week. And it's a bunch of just like, kind of like, uh, like short little like boomerang kind of videos. I think that's what they call it mm-hmm. where they just bounce back and forth and they're just like spinning a guitar and, but you're like, man, it looks, it looks fun there, you know? And it's just, it just seems like a, you know, like such a fun place to be. And I, I mean, for me, I, I don't know why anyone would not want to be around guitars all day. Uh, <laughs> so to me, it's just like a, a natural thing, but it, they're just, Obviously, they've got their product, their people, and their process all laid mm-hmm. out, and it's, you know, they're just crushing it. So, and so we we talked a couple episodes ago about the the gear gas topic. So, what about them? Kind of made you notice them? Obviously, enough to to really be interested in their instruments. Um, is it just a presentation? Is it the the design of the guitar? Kind of what would you say is kind of got you got yeah. got you looking? Well, and I think that they definitely have some sort of, they do a lot of like the distress stuff and I don't hate it. I think that's cool, you know, and relic stuff, whatever, however you want to call it. And then they also tend to kind of, it's like inspired by vintage stuff, but it's like their own, like plaf, like their own thing. They're mm-hmm. not just like re- repackaging it and yeah. Shipping it back innovative, out there. Innovative designs, and and it's not a it's not a Strat Natelli. It's mm-hmm. not necessarily, necessarily bad. It's just they they decided to carve their own path and actually created something that people want. Yeah, which is cool. And people respect that, and I think that's definitely another part of another facet of the value, you know. But that's always the thing that I'm I'm like, all right, let's see how, let's see what Novos are on Reverb right now, and let's make <laughs> my you know my wallet hurt or whatever. But. Yeah. I'm always looking out for a, a relatively well priced one, but you know, usually they're like three, four, five, yeah. six. <laughs> yeah, they're expensive for sure. Yeah, and it kind of for me the kind of in the higher price is obviously Tommy Anderson and mm-hmm. Sir, those those type of guitars where the fretwork is kind of like the most important element of the instrument. And and I would say all of it's important. I don't think I'm not I'm not saying that other parts aren't important for those companies, but but to have something that is just pristine fretwork and completely accurate and dialed and you just pick it up and you just have a lot of fun playing it because it's it's so good. And and there's very few guitars I would buy sight unseen. 
Yeah. And and for me, I would buy an Anderson or a Sur right away if I, you know, assuming I had the money to do yeah. it. I would buy one without questioning what I'm going to get. Yeah. And there's still, you know, still cases where people get, you know, something that's been beat up or has some issues, but the the to me I just respect the commitment to quality from those companies and the and the way that they they just don't compromise like it doesn't leave the shop unless it's yeah. up to the standard of the last one and and having owned several of each of those guitars I would definitely go back again and 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 do that and that's for me it's just kind of like knowing that you're getting your money's worth even if it's really expensive mhm like I'm just going to get a guitar that's just going to smoke all my other guitars like no problems. Yeah. So that's that's to me just that and I've been to I haven't been to Sir's factory but I've been to Tom Anderson's factory and um just seeing seeing again like the floor and kind of how they mm-hmm. man this is really well thought out. This is this is really just cool the way yeah. that they do everything. So like those are the those would be the elements and and kind of the things I respect about those companies and you know, kind of they they seem to address a lot of the things that people complain about. Maybe with some of the mass-produced, you know, Fenders and Gibsons, they, man, you know, the quality is just not that good. And I paid twenty five hundred bucks for this guitar, um, but just knowing that like those shops are committed to yeah. everything that goes out, it's not it's not just getting passed off. Which I do feel like that has happened in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, with some some reputable brands. Yeah. Well, and and then the, the thing about the Andersons too, it's like. You had a pretty good range of price points of Andersons, and mm-hmm. they—they all—their fretwork just feels like an Anderson. I don't know. That's the only way I can yep. describe it. And you—you—you you, you hold it. You don't even strum it, and you're like, "This is an Anderson." Like I can tell, yeah. you know. And that's just crazy that you can impart, like, imprint that on some bits of wood, and you know, that's yeah. You know, you're doing a good thing at, at that point. <laughs> Definitely. All right. What's your next company? My next company. Um, well, I think that a lot of these like digital companies that are like really trying to, to me, there's so many like digital, like modeling. I've, I don't know what the, the correct term is, but to me, it's all digital DSP mm. stuff. I think, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about <laughs> any of that stuff really, but um, I'm so analog. But there, because there's so many of them, there's Fractal, there's the Kemper, there's the Helix, there's the the Quad Core, there's the Neural DSP stuff. There, you know, the list goes on and on. And there's probably like so many smaller ones that I'm not even think about thinking about. But I think it engage it like makes this competition that really, I don't know. Everyone's trying to top each other, so maybe you're getting some really cool stuff coming out. But I mean, I know it also. There's an ugly side to competition, but. You know, I think that there's a healthy aspect of it, mm-hmm. and I think that it's only better for the player. You know, um, having better gear at our disposal. But I've honestly been super impressed with all of that digital stuff. Yeah, because I used to commitment be, to yeah commitment to the actual tone of it. Yeah, I think is like kind of what you're saying basically. Yeah. But commitment to like the sound that you're getting the and if you're modeling an amp, you're not just like yeah that sounds good. It's like no yeah you've got some some software nerds that are are like diving into mm-hmm. oh this doesn't sound exactly like a 59 basement what can we change digitally yeah. and it's just super cool people that are probably like losing so much sleep and just because paf guys like well i don't know it's not like handling like my old ga20 <laughs> would you know so it's like okay <laughs> yeah but 
you know, I think it's super impressive and it's, there's what a time to be a, a player and there's so much cool stuff out there and cool sounds. You know, if, if you can't get a good sound of, out of stuff, then I don't, I don't know. It's, that's pretty interesting because there's a lot of good stuff out there. So I think you're saying if you can't get a good sound, it's your fault. Maybe you should I think switch that's to what drums or bass. Yeah. I think that's kind of <laughs> what, but, but it, there's truth to that, right? It's, it's, you know, you got this, this digital rig with like 200 and something amp models. Mm-hmm. Why can't you, why can't you find a good sound in there? And usually for me, it's cause I have like, choice paralysis and I'm like I have 50 amps I don't know which yeah, one that's true you gravitate <laughs> towards I mean I gravitate towards the clean amps yeah. when I go on to digital stuff and yeah well, I would do that anyways mm-hmm. so I'm I'm kind of trying to recreate what I would do in the in the analog world I guess but mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah I I like um made me think about um uh, amp wise, like third power amps. Oh yeah, um, just the the way, like just the innovation and the design that they put into their amps, and the and the kind of continuing to innovate in a digital world where they've been yeah. been putting all this really practical and great stuff into the the kitchen sink amp and just insane amp mm-hmm. where they've just been addressing all these things and like, hey, this is who we are. We're gonna keep building. This way and and continuing to innovate. So the third power amps would be another yeah. one that I would I would give a shout out to for sure. Yeah, and I know that they're uh, recently coming up with a new smaller amp, and uh, I'm excited to hear how how that goes and what's going on with that. You know, there's the people that are you know carving their own path, I guess, and maybe that is what what we're kind of touching on is the mm. people that just were like, well, we're gonna do it this way, and we want it to be a certain way, and We'll just stick true to our vision, and and maybe it, you know we only see the tip of the iceberg, but maybe there's ninety percent of the you know the struggle that we don't that we all miss, right? Yeah, true. We don't see all the headaches that you know all of these people that are in charge of these companies have had to you know all those hurdles to clear. I'm you know I'm can't can't be easy, right? Yeah, and maybe maybe you're right. Maybe we respect them more because that's kind of what we're doing ourselves. Yeah. Is that we're saying, well, this is the footprint of a pickup, but we're going to do something different, mm-hmm. or we're going to do our wide ranges different than yeah. the traditional way that they're done, this and we're going to be okay with that because like, mm-hmm. we we don't want to. I mean, there's there's plenty of shops that make clones of everything, mm-hmm. and there's nothing wrong with that. I really, don't have a problem with it, but I do like the people that are willing to step outside the box. Like I think about like Chase Bliss mm-hmm. Audio, yeah. and they've they've completely stepped outside of the box and that has made their business successful yeah. because they weren't just like releasing another tube screamer kind of thing as a pedal company. It was like, wow, this is like a really tweakable pedal. There's this whole range of stuff that's just like mind blowing and, and they're contributing also in like in a further way down the road, they're contributing to the, uh, the creativity in the guitar industry. Yeah. Like, Man, there's like, this palette, and I can't wait to see what people do with with the sounds that this pedal can create. Well, yeah, one of the things with Chase Bliss too is that they've done like collabs, which to me is something that's super cool. I mean, I know they did like that collab with Built, and they did mm-hmm. like that Mood guitar where they put the Mood pedal like yeah, on the right. pickguard. And I'm like, that's so cool. Yeah, you know, it's like the things that we always like. Oh, what if there was a pedal mounted on my pickguard? And I know that there's guitars that have kind of had like effects and stuff on board. But not quite to that degree because those Chase Bliss pedals are like 
instruments in and of themselves. Like they've, there's a brain in there. There's a, yeah, there definitely, <laughs> there's a whole thing going on in there with those. So it's, it's sometimes past my, my ability to want to learn. If that makes sense, like I kind of, I look at it like, man, I just, I don't know. There's a lot of bot buttons and knobs and tweakability, and I think I'd have a lot of fun with it. Mm-hmm. But I, it's a little bit of like, uh, I don't know. Like <laughs> you move one knob a little bit, and yeah, crazy things happen. You're like, whoa, I don't know yeah. what's happening. Yeah. Some people just like turn their volume knob up, and I'm not comparing that to <laughs> to the pedal, but I'm just saying that it's it's there's a lot of options on mm-hmm. something like that, and it gets gets a little crazy. But they're thinking outside of the box and they're like, you know, they're not trying to kick anybody else down on the way there. They're like, hey, let's uh, work together and let's, uh, I like that buddy-buddy thing in the industry. And I think if you just, if everybody helps lift everybody up, then I think we'll all be up, right? Yeah, true. Yeah, and so. I like I like also um, our friend Nick Greer from Greer Amps. Yeah. I just, I like the way that he approaches his pedal designs. They're They're more of like color... And I don't want to speak for his vision on that, but they're more of a color enhancement for different, you know, if I want to do a, you know, a boost that does this instead of a traditional boost, I want mm-hmm. to enhance the tone. I want to have a fuzz that actually is usable, Yeah, uh, that kind of stuff. I just, I kind of enjoy the way that he approaches the effects board because I think a lot of people when they start out and part of this has been, some of these people have been in the industry a long time mm-hmm. and so they're, they're bored of creating you know what the industry just says is the the top two effects or whatever. Yeah, they're just taking something different and, and adding to it. So I just appreciate that he looks at it and says, "Well, this could actually be a really useful tool mm-hmm. for this type of guitarist," and then makes a pedal. Yeah, that kind of like lateral thinking I think is mm-hmm. super super key and and definitely makes him also his own pioneer with with a lot of his stuff. You know, and I think that that. I don't know that yields some interesting things, and you'll approach, you'll come up upon some interesting stuff that you maybe don't. To happy accidents is what I like to call them. <laughs> and I think there's an aspect of once you spend ten years doing something, twenty years doing something, you, your experience almost can hinder you because you're like, or you know, like the musical theory example, you're like, well, I know that I won't resolve if I end on this note, you know, or you're already like writing the song before you've even like played any notes, you know, you already know that like you're saying, oh, these are the top two selling pedals. Like I need to just build these two types of pedals. It's easy to just think, you know, oh, well, that's not going to sell or whatever and and not venture out into the uncharted territory and that uh, road less traveled or whatever and looking (laughs) for an idea in unconventional areas, I guess. So that's just cool that people can that are willing to do that, you know? Yeah, definitely. And it's just lately, like even, you know, not a small company by any means, but Diderio, oh. um, I've been using a couple of their accessory, like they, they've been just killing it in the accessory game. Mm-hmm. And, and I've been using um, a couple of their things. They have a strap that has kind of like strap locks built into it, but it's just like a little clip that flips up. Mm-hmm. And what I like about that is I don't have to install strap locks on all the guitars in the shop. But I can strap them on and feel secure with it. Yeah. So I go from my strap to a, an Eastman three thirty five, and just know it's going to hold. And I don't, you know, especially like the the three thirty five. I just don't like drilling into the neck block. Yeah. It just makes me uncomfortable. Just all any the sort time. of dr- power tools on an instrument <laughs> yeah. makes me a little nervous. It's not a big deal on the Strat or the Tele. You know, you've got this big surface, but that just that just makes me feel weird. 
side note, but then the <laughs> other the other one of their products I use is just a small little it's a clip-on tuner but fits in the sound hole of your acoustic guitar and it's discreet and it kind of goes yeah. down in the sound hole and you can tune it that way versus having something on the headstock. And I just like how yeah. how it's just in there and I turn it on so it's almost like you like I just think they've they've thought about like solutions to common problems. Mm-hmm. And man, I just wish my guitar had a built-in tuner and essentially that be, turns your guitar into a built-in tuner guitar, which yeah. I, I like. And yeah, I like that discrete aspect to it. Like it's like to me, it's like a. I don't. I don't know. It. It looks a little. It's funny when there's a little alien hanging out on your headstock, and mm-hmm. I. I just can't. As a musician, I can't not like just fixate on the tuner when I see a headstock <laughs> tuner. I'm like, oh, I wonder if he's gonna yeah. tune yeah. between this song. But uh, I and I also love Diodario strings too. So that's yeah, they do some cool stuff. So. Yeah. That's a good company. And this is like I think we could go a long time on this topic and I think that there's there's more and I think we'll probably end up doing a follow-up yeah. show on this too where we we continue to uh yeah, just to dive into that. But I think I think ultimately I'm what I'm hearing is that I I think we both respect companies that are willing to innovate and they're not just going to be stuck in tradition like again, I don't I don't have a problem with people just making remaking fenders yeah. or, or cloning tube amps or whatever they're trying to do. But I just think that that realizing like to provide the guitarist with a really great tool mm-hmm. and to put something something in their hands that like literally inspires them to do mm-hmm. do new stuff. And I just I think that that we're you know we're saying that about our pickups, which is true, but we don't release something just to release something. It has to fit in some kind of pocket in the industry yeah. it has to serve a purpose it has to fit in your guitar it has to make you want to play more mm-hmm. and it has to go through all of these check boxes we talked about pickup development a few episodes ago and, and if you haven't listened to that one you can go listen to kind of what we go through in developing a pickup yeah because we kind of walk through a few and these are things that are kind of ingrained in us we don't really have a checklist that we're like okay does it does it gent does it uh yeah you know does it shred? Does it, you know, whatever. <laughs> we don't we do not do that necessarily, but we, we have a very clear goal in mind and things never have seen the light of day that don't meet certain criterias. Yeah. And so, yeah, anyways, just the, I thought about that in terms of really maybe this is thing. why we, we are inspired by these companies because they, they do innovate. Yeah, and, and not to say that we're like trying to put you on blast if you're making 5E3 clones or something. It's right. like, you know... As a guitar player, you you kind of take from all your influences, and you you know you you kind of start kind of being a clone, but you know don't stop there. Like keep going down that path, and you know go through that wardrobe into Narnia or whatever, and you never know what <laughs> wonders will await. Tonia, Tonia instead of Narnia. That'll be on. A, we should put that on a T-shirt. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, so you know, and then that's maybe why these people got to where they are is because they. You know, despite maybe whatever adversities they individually had to deal with, they're like, "Well, this is what feels right. I'm going to continue to innovate." Mm. And maybe they didn't even know they were innovating; they were just following that intuition that, you know, got them to where they are. So it's interesting, yeah. but don't be afraid to innovate, and don't, you know, we all start as clones, but don't stop there. Just keep trying to find your sound or whatever it is that you enjoy. So exactly, yeah, that's great, man. That's a good. Uh, Good advice, and and for those who are thinking about certain companies, um, we will. We're not gonna. Again, it's like I feel like it's those, um, like the 
the Hall of Fame speeches where they're trying to remember everyone that they yeah. um, that they you know th- want to thank for their journey and and success and it's yeah. like, it, we're not we're not trying to leave anyone out. I, I keep feeling like I don't think anyone's going to be listening. Well, they didn't mention this company and they yeah. you know blah blah blah. But really, that's not our case. We we literally just wanted to shout out a few companies, um, mostly because we are in turn inspired by what they mm-hmm. do and just thankful for thankful to be in an industry where people are continuing to create and and there's just not there's not a lot of people creating stuff mm-hmm. um, in the industry they're making products for you know oh we just need to make make toilet paper or we need to make yeah. you know uh, an, an energy bar yeah but like we're creating something that's a, that's a part of a bigger thing with music and all that so that's where that's where I'm very just very encouraging and excited about about what's happening in the industry right now. Yeah. And if we missed any companies or if you think somebody stands out, you know, feel free to reach us reach out at info at Porter Pickups and uh, maybe we'll uh, discuss one of those companies on another show cuz there's too many to mention and you know, everybody's you know doing some cool stuff. So. Yeah, and we'll probably transition into interviewing people from these companies too cuz we we have done that before just people that we like and and are in the industry and doing some cool things. We'd love to have them on the show. So if you're listening to this and you're one of those companies, don't be shy about inviting yourself to come on the podcast. We'd love to have you. So we'll catch you next time on the Tonecast. All right, see you next time.